You heard from Jake Allen talking about the stupid call. You heard from Mike Yo. You heard from John Kelly at FS Midwest. Happy Friday. Good to have you with us in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. BT, Ronge, Randy, 302. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And Mike Yo, uh, and he's the coach, so I'm going to give him credit. But what he says is 100% correct. He should be happy about what he got out of his goalie, the Blues goalie Jake Allen making his first start since January 9th. Stopped 43 of 45. 43 saves, the most he's had this season. The second highest save total in a game in his career. The most by a Blues goalie in Boston since the immortal Jim Rivnack made 46 saves on October 30th, 1993 at Baston Garden. And the Blues, oh yeah, they lost 3-1. to one. Oh, hey, Jake <laughs> Allen just, hold on, Jake Allen just didn't do enough. Clearly is what happened here. He didn't do enough, right, Randy? You got to score sometimes, yeah. too, I guess. That's he fine. It to. happens. Uh, well, yeah, somebody had to right. pick up a little slack here. Of course here. he scored once. Well, somebody's got to score more than one time. You're playing against a team that's really going well, especially at home. The The Boston Bruins have only had one regulation loss in their last 20 games. They've got a quarter of the season with one regulation loss. Randy, to be the best. You got to beat the best? Yeah, I mean, go, go ahead. Go beat them in their own building. Uh, that being said, uh, we've had some questions over the years. Uh, where is Jimmy Hoffa? Was there a second shooter? What is a catch? What is goalie interference? Guys, I don't watch uh, as much hockey as maybe you guys have. I- I'm not a puckhead to the fullest, P-U-C-K. That being said, yeah, I didn't, know, I didn't okay. know you could tackle the goalie. I had no idea that you could. I, I saw the overview shot of him just basically being sandwiched way Between outside. Between two players. I had no idea that that was cool. Because yeah. why is that not a go-to plan? Like, that should be a thing. You have one guy slide in with a takeout, mm-hmm. and then you open up half the goal like i think that's a really good go-to well you need to be able to do that or you just take your stick and you whack the goaltender over the head vegas knights that's uh apparently apparently that's okay now i had no idea but i think universally um the opposing announcers last night for the boston bruins were like oh that's totally interference they should have called that and they did not so when things are, are that blatant and again you mentioned the catch rule when everybody watching knows what a catch is or has that eye test and it feels like that's what it is, that's what the call has to be. It can't be some convoluted thing where you're still confused once they've given the explanation. I know the NHL did send out a notice uh, defining a notice, right? Mm-hmm. Is, that, is that the yeah. best way to describe it? I know they did send something out later saying, well, the officials didn't feel like he that he was already moving out of the goal crease anyway, so he wouldn't have been able to get back. Well, yeah, you can't get back when there are two players in your way. <laughs> that's the way it it's is. Real. It's, I mean, it's real unless you punch them or and start a, a fight. That's a game changer. It's it should have been two to one. I mean, really, yeah. it should have been two to one with the empty netter. And there wouldn't have been an empty netter at the time. But it's also, it changes the the momentum of the game. Yes. What about theatrics, though? Like, can you sell it more if, in fact, like, you try desperately to get back or if you break your stick on the goal afterwards, pissed yeah. off? Like, Because he pretty much walked it off. Like, eh, what are you going to do? But, uh, that's true. What do you mean, what are you going to do? I, I Somebody's think... taking your job, and then they're going to take that goal <laughs> from you? You're just going to, well, <laughs> whatever. You can't do that. If he had done that, he probably has a better argument. I think so. But it also shouldn't be on him either. I agree with that. The, the, the official should be what it is. You right. shouldn't have to have theatrics no. afterwards. Correct. But I think I have rage issues, too, so I think I'd have been a little upset. 
46 shots against. That The Blues are allowing way too many shots. They were outshot 46-33, to 33, absolutely dominated in the second period, and Allen kept them in the game when they were outshot 22-6 to six in that frame. So there's a lot of coaching moments that Mike Yo can take out of that game as they practice today and get ready for Buffalo tomorrow. You just can't say, well, they're a hot team and we only lost essentially 2-1 to one because the Blues have to be better. They have to play a better game and they have to be better offensively especially. We can hand-ring about the goaltender all we want, but if they don't score, that's it's that simple. And I, I know it sounds like uh, I'm boiling it down to the most simple idea, but it's it's absolutely true. If they don't score, it doesn't matter how good he is or Carter Hutton. They're not going to pitch shutouts every night, and you can't expect them to. So this team has to share the burden, and right now they're not doing it. So, by the way, he starts on in Buffalo, yes? Mm-hmm. I believe so. Jake Allen has to start Saturday. How many points did he get? Last night. <laughs> well, starting well, Carter, Carter <laughs> Are you? Yeah. Really? Yeah, he was great. No, he did a great job. What do you think, Randall? Um, as great as Hutton has been, it's hard to sit Hutton. He is the best goalie in the NHL. I don't right want now. that guy to get cold man. while I'm waiting for the other guy to get hot. Like there, there's got to be some sort of a, a little medium part of this recipe right here. Either way, though, Randy, I totally agree with, with the fact that you can take something away from a loss like this. You're not going to be upset that you lost to the Bruins. The Bruins are on fire. They're playing great mm-hmm. hockey, uh, but 46 shots is too many. Like yeah. you have to figure out a way to stop that. You have to limit your opponent, whether your opponent is a great team or a bad team. You got to be able to put yourselves in better position to succeed. They weren't able to do that, obviously, against the Bruins. Maybe they could do that next game well it, it's scoring and it's obviously defense because the defense like bt's mentioned has put the goaltending not just allen but hutton too it put them in really bad positions in a lot of these games in the last month and a half and again vladimir tarasenko with only one shot you've got to get more out of vladimir tarasenko than just one shot it's one thing if you get shut down by tuka rask but there has to be more from number 91 in terms of the, the opportunities that he gives himself and the team. By the way, Mike Yo, uh, within the last 15 minutes, would not commit to a goaler for tomorrow. Okay. Well, let's go back to... Sounds like a controversy to me. Laddie? I don't know. Uh-oh, yeah. Mm. Going back to Tuesday, Randy, and, mm. and this has been kind of a team-wide problem, at least the last few games. It took him 17 minutes to get a shot on goal. Yep. 17 minutes. When the game started, from the time the puck dropped to start the game, 17 minutes into the first period to number? finally get a yeah. shot on goal. This is a game Actually, of, it was over. Yeah. It was like 17 3 It's a game of tempo and imposing your will, and the Blues have not done that early in games. And that's another thing. Because Mike Yo always talks about, we got to get off to a fast start, and the Blues record with when they score first is outrageous. Well, it's really hard to score if you don't shoot. I, it's damn near impossible. Mm-hmm. Patience is great, and being able to like take the the good shot, like the smart shot, like the extra pass sometimes can be a good thing. They do it a lot of extra passing. It can also be a hindrance yes. if you do three extra extra passes. You know, so sometimes you got to let up. You got enough guys that are talented enough to let it eat. And that's where you're going to get your luck, right? It's the little bounce that comes your way. It's that extra effort in front uh, in front of the net. It's the traffic there. It's those dirty, gritty goals. And I know that the Blues now, like their, their MO is different than it was a couple of years ago when it was David Backus in front cleaning everything up, right? They're, they're supposed to be a different style team. That doesn't mean you can't get those same kind of goals here and there. And there are a lot of times where they'll have odd man rushes, a two-on-one, a three-on-two, and, and and this is not 
to this is not to go back to what people usually do when they're at the arena watching a game. Every time somebody's got the puck, people are yelling, shoot, shoot, right away. Love that. That's not always the right thing to do, and that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is there are times where they do have those rushes, and the best shot is the guy who's got the puck already, and he tries to make an extra pass. It gets broken up, and they get nothing. We saw a couple of weeks ago that same example. It, it was Dunn and Stastny going yes. down, and Dunn, it looked like he was going to give it up, and then he takes the shot. Yep. And it was perfect. Game winner. Bing, bang, boom. You're good to go. Sometimes you just got to let it rip. And tomorrow the Blues will take on the Buffalo Sabres, who are not good. And that's a game that, once again, kind of like a week ago against Arizona, that the two weeks ago. How'd that go? Yeah, not great. The Blues, you got to take advantage of the teams that have the worst records in the league. Uh, Of the uh, 31 teams in the NHL, only a dozen have losing records. So you have to take advantage of those opportunities when they arise. And one of those arises tomorrow. I still think it comes down, and I I agree with that, but I still believe whoever the Blues play, if they can just play their game, they're going to be fine. It's interesting. This that's a great point because this month the Blues play uh, two games against teams with uh, winning with records better than them. Those are both against Winnipeg. So if you if you beat the teams that are below you then the Blues should be in pretty good shape. But they have to play their game to beat those teams that are lower in the standings than them. Sometimes it's hard throughout the season. It shouldn't be at this point. They just had a break. Their, their schedule is not daunting in the second half as far as, as games go. But sometimes you look at the schedule and like, oh, yeah, we should beat them. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the effort's not there. Like You have to be able to put that in night in, night out. Uh, if you know in your heart of hearts that maybe you're just not as great as the top echelon, you got to outwork everybody. That just is what it is. Got Buffalo Saturday, which is tomorrow. Tomorrow at home against Minnesota and Colorado next week at Winnipeg, Pittsburgh back at home, Nashville on the road, Dallas on the road. That's the next couple of weeks for them. So an unbeaten couple of weeks is great. It's got to be. You betcha. There's there's uh, no other option, is Hashtag there? Hashtag LGB. And Tarasenko, one shot on goal wasn't enough. LGBT. Well, didn't we come up with no. another one? No, I don't think yeah, so. Yeah, we, we did a few days Who, ago. Quinville? No. Uh, it was like Quintal? a... This team doesn't quit, I'll tell you that. I don't remember. Oh, it might have been done. I think it was like you, we can't LGBT just a D done. There. Yeah, we did. Actually, you might have done it. I don't think I threw the D in. LGB. You and did. I'm pretty sure I didn't. Did you take and it out? Maybe quit. you did. Maybe you took it did back I put out. It back in? It. I don't know. I don't think I don't so. Know. You probably only did it one time. Tomorrow they play Buffy. It is a fast lane on 101 ESPN, and it's nearly impossible to beat Tom Brady in the playoffs. And even when it happens, it takes a miracle. We'll talk about that next in the fast lane on 101 ESPN. God, there's a song what for in everything. The world? Yeah. I always like to hear that. That's that just makes my day. <laughs> Does it? Oh, Is yeah. this your new ringtone? Yeah. That it was, will uh, be if you leave your phone in here for a few minutes. Yeah, that was Pat Summerall's last game. Singing that? That's. Yeah. I was just thinking, uh, Summerall and Madden. That's how long this dude's been playing. Is that Summerall yeah. and Madden were calling his games? That is pretty incredible, isn't it? And he's still doing it and doing it at a high level. Yeah, unbelievable. And he wasn't that high of a level in that particular game but he certainly has reached high levels and that's where it all started 2002 (laughs) randy you said that was some stank yeah well it is it's it's that's where all of this crap started (laughs) (laughs) so they two, two years later they they made the playoffs again and they go to the super bowl against the panthers Five total touchdowns in the fourth quarter between both teams, and with 108 left on the clock after John Casey kicked the ball out of bounds and gave Brady the ball at his own 40-yard line, 
He draw, drove the team to set up a 41-yard field goal again for Adam Vinatieri. The Patriots looking for a second Super Bowl title in three years from 41 yards. Looks good. And it was good. And they won again. And then the next year, they go to the Super Bowl against Philadelphia. Mike Vrabel caught a touchdown pass. Troy Brown played three different positions, wide receiver, defensive back, and punt returner. Mike Vrabel on the end of the line, the left side. Brady play action, fires. Vrabel catches it. And they beat Philadelphia. Now, good things have happened during the course of this run. Thank you, Eli. Thank you, Tom Coughlin. Pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning stays on his feet. Airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Inside the 25 and a timeout taken. That might be the most amazing play in Super Bowl history. I'm not sure that that call, and it's hard on, on like in the mm-hmm. moment, uh, did justice to that play yeah. because that was incredible. They say like to make the special play, you have to work on the special mm-hmm. play. And I'm sure that like Ozzie Smith would do crazy stuff during batting practice just in case one of those plays came up. He was ready. We see uh, Odell Beckham Jr. with all the crazy one-handed catches before. I doubt that David Tyree was working on catches caught off of his helmet uh, before. For uh, any of these games. No, that that was by far, I think, the greatest, just like you said. Maybe second, a distant second is the Edelman catch from last year. That was pretty good, too. That was pretty amazing. If if that doesn't happen, they don't win. Yeah. So after that catch by Tyree, Eli leads the Giants into position, and he winds up throwing a touchdown pass to Plexico Burris. This, of course, the pre-Plexico wearing sweats in the club and shooting himself. He was... uh... He was slower after he shot himself. Yeah, he was. Right. Yeah, you but, know, he uh, shot himself in the leg. Yeah, that Plaxico was pretty good. So I yeah. thought we had, I mean, don't they teach you that when you have a gun, uh, not to wear sweatpants and put it in your sweatpants I think that at the is, club? Uh, what, that it's my understanding that when you have lessons, when you go to a range and learn how to shoot a gun, yeah. like the first thing they say is, don't put this thing in your sweats pocket and go to a club. Yeah, first t- thing. Yeah, text 65780 if that's what they've told you when you got your void card. Yeah. The foul here is really wearing the sweatpants in the club. Like, that's where or you should have been card. escorted Agreed. out, I, I think. And, and I do believe that they tell you with, with your void card void. Uh, that void. Uh, when, when you are wearing sweatpants, you tuck your gun right into the middle. Like, right front middle is where you put it. Like, um, so you can accidentally shoot Correct. your thing. Or, right. But it's right there in the middle just in case. Just and like by the way, you grab it with both hands. Uh, you You're guys done. were not here yet. Uh, back in that day, we yeah, heard yeah. the Adam Vinatieri field goal. Back in the day, when the Rams were training in Macomb, Illinois, as you traversed the three hours of cornfields from St. Louis to Macomb, get into Macomb, make a left as you're going toward Western Illinois University, and there on the right side of Main Street is, I think it's Smith's Liquor and Guns. <laughs> That's a great combination. Mm-hmm. Is it really? Yeah. Is this still around? I think it is. Well, I, I've been there a while. One but of the most was... intriguing things I've seen is drive-through liquor stores. Yeah, like oh. that's. I mean, what what a concept. There's mm-hmm. uh, there is one in Granite City. There's one in uh, Scottsdale, right near the right near Old Town Scottsdale. Come on, there is. Yeah, hmm. could get one of those. Mm-hmm. How about chicken Great. on a stick and firearm drive-through? Good idea. Probably was. Guys want to go into business? Go Joe talking about that. Now, in addition to the great catch by David Tyree, there was also Mario Manningham in Super Bowl 46. Four-man rush. Eli throwing into traffic on the sideline. They're going to rule it a catch by Manningham. 
along the sideline. They're going to spot the ball at the 50-yard line. That catch made my day that day. That was so fun. And then Eli kept driving. Second and goal. And Bradshaw, and he, oh. he, he, he wanted to stop. He, he wanted to stop, and he gets into the end zone. That's exactly what New England was doing. They were letting him go into the end zone. But Brady couldn't bring his teammates back, and the Giants won again. It's hard for you to say that without smiling, isn't it? That's Ra- great. Randy's got a big old smirk he on. He really is the happiest I've he, seen him. He is. Yep. But then a few years later, what they happened? get to that Super Bowl against Seattle, and we think, all of us that are on the good side of the world, that Seattle has them. Play clock at five. Pass is intercepted at the goal line by Malcolm Butler. Unreal. <laughs> I got a great Unreal idea, guys. Right. Fourth and one, or was yeah, it third and one? Four, uh, third and one. Third and one. Third yeah. and one. Uh, how about we throw a pass? Well, who's you did, in? You Who's didn't have me? a reliable running back, and that's one thing you got to <laughs> yeah, remember here. That's true. As we yeah, because uh, Marshawn had retired down. the year before, right? No, I, I right? don't think so. I know. No. I think uh, oh, he was on that. Oh, I think man. he was lined up actually. It's what he would have done. So why don't Marshawn? What, what exactly? Now tell me again, because I want to hear this. What would you have done if you were given the ball third and one in the Super Bowl? That's it. <laughs> that's exactly what he would have done. So instead, we throw a pass to Malcolm Butler. So let me just let me go, just clarify. Play by the way to Malcolm by Malcolm Butler. Let, let me let me just clarify this. If you could give me that that clarity, sure. I would really enjoy it. Are you saying Marshawn Lynch was on the field at the time? He was in the on the field. Yeah, they could really just, they could have handed huh. off to him from the one yard line. Was he uh, good? He was really good. Really? And actually, they had a decent offensive line at the time. Oh. Guys, I think Marshawn sure had a good ex- explanation for it, didn't he? I think they had a timeout left. They might have had a little no. time. I think Marshawn's mama could have ran that in. She yeah. was pissed, too. That's unbelievable. <laughs> Everybody was so, upset. I, I Everybody. It, it's fair to say that uh, that was a miracle win for the Patriots. Because there's no way that Seattle should have lost that game. Seattle gave it to them. They handed That's it to a, You know what, Randy? I will agree with you on that. They didn't earn it. Well, they, 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 it's it's almost like cheating. They they, they <laughs> almost like cheating. Almost <laughs> really. And then luck favors the worst. Last year. Did you see that Arthur Blank is ticked off because mm-hmm. there are two hundred eighty three diamonds in the championship rings? Oh, you don't like it, huh? Oh, yeah. that's, play better. Yeah, I gotta tell you, twenty eight to funny. three. That mm. is hysterical. That's really really funny. That's next level nice trolling. So last year they're up. Uh, the Falcons are up twenty eight to three, and back comes Brady with Edelman. Here's Edelman broken up, and the pass is no sign yet. Edelman comes down with a football, and they're saying it's a catch. It was a catch. Now, BT, you were with Stalter during this, right? Oh, yeah. Give me the breakdown. I want to hear the progression of emotions from Stalter at halftime <laughs> until that play happened. Dude was like, you know, Anthony, he's a yeah. big football fan, and like he's usually he watches everything, he examines things. Like he's good just smart football mind right? right but his fandom was taking over right mm-hmm. so he's watching this he, he's super pumped up maybe we had a couple of pops in the meantime he's running around my basement excited every time uh, atlanta scores and then i saw him sink further and further into my couch the second half where at the end like overtime he was inside of it oh. just with sadness <laughs> and crying and yeah he was crying he was crying 
I, I, I didn't think so either. But in fact, there was crying in my basement. He's such a nice guy. He doesn't deserve that. He no, does not deserve what the Falcons did to he's him. He's a fan. There's a lot of people out there. So they're going for number six and it's a serious number. Yeah, it is. They're playing in their tenth Super Bowl overall. And if they are trailing going into the fourth quarter, it's automatic they'll win. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a done deal. Safe. That's yeah. a good bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is. Will there be a lead change in the fourth quarter? Good yes. bet. Yeah, there will. Super Bowl 52, and we've got it for you Sunday night here on 101 ESPN. Kevin Harlan and Boomer Esiason with the call on Westwood One. And I'm excited. Excited? I'm very excited. Is Tebow doing it? See? Is he doing it? No, I'm just just excited. Oh, for the game? Yeah. Okay, good. You going to a Super Bowl party? Uh, I I can go to St. Charles, but it seems like it's far. Well, depends on where you are. That's true. It's far well, from, from me. Yeah, it is it's really far. far. You, yeah. You'd have to bring provisions and yeah. water and Uber, beef jerky. Probably yeah. Uber. Provisions closed. So that's not. What's it, provisions? It was a little place downstairs where Potbellies is now. Really? It was a great place. Did they to, have beef jerky and water? Yeah, they had everything. They had Salt the best and meat? carrot cupcakes in St. Louis. But they're closed now. Mm. Bummer. That's too bad. Well, enjoy your Super Bowl Sunday. You too, Randy. Coming up, bullpen cards could be making a comeback. Phil Rogers of MLB Network joins us to talk about the roadblock for teams in terms of signing free agents and the MLB cart, bullpen cart, next on 101 ESPN. Welcome back to the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN with Cardinal World Series champion Brad Thompson and Chris Ranji. I'm Randy Carricker. Spring training starts in a couple of weeks, and uh, Phil Rogers of MLB Network will be making his way to spring training. He's with us now, though, on the Lufia's Kia Celebrity Line on 101 ESPN. Phil, always good to have you with us. How are you doing? Hey, I'm doing doing very good. It's uh, You won't be stunned. It's a little chilly here today in Chicago, and uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm ready for the uh, golf course to be open, but... I'll have to be patient. It will be soon for you in spring training at, at the very least. Uh, Phil, usually this is about the time where every team kind of knows who they are and uh, things do pop up in spring training and maybe you have to go out there and sign a late free agent. But this year is unlike any year that I can remember where you could basically sign an all-star team out of free agents. When is this going to crack? I have no idea. And I, I hate it. Um, it's so weird. I mean, we've had, uh, players going to their arbitration hearings and having those decisions rendered, Mookie Betts uh, with the Red Sox and other players, uh, and we still have probably the four top free agents unsigned. It, it's uh, I can't think it's good for anybody, uh, and and I, I I officially hate it. I mean, it, <laughs> um, you know, what well, you know, and not just the four top free agents. But there are over 100 players. I mean, I think of a guy like Melky Cabrera with the White Sox, uh, formerly with the White Sox, who's been a, a really good player. He had some. He had a PED thing that that uh, you know got him in San Francisco and was an issue when he was with the Giants. But if you take that off his record, he's been you know a, a very productive, good player, solid outfielder, switch hitter. Um, for forever, and it's like it's like that doesn't even matter to anybody. Um, I, I can't imagine 
you know, the conversations that must be going on between players. No doubt. And, and Phil, I don't know that we'll have a, a steady stream of signings, but you remember after the strike in 94 and then in the spring of 95 when they finally reached the CBA, it was a barrage of signings all at once. You would think that if the dam would break that it would be kind of that way. Yeah, I mean, you you would think that, but I, I – the, I think the dike is there because teams are just have aren't spending money. I mean, I, I don't know why. Um, you know, Major League Baseball is extremely uh, profitable. You know, there, there's you know the average salary has climbed, but I don't believe it has kept pace with the uh, growth of revenues. I think the average salary is a lower percentage of the overall revenues. Uh, than it was five years ago, eight years ago. Um, I don't really, you know, I mean, there is, for the teams at the top, I understand the uh, the tax threshold, competitive balance tax threshold, that's $197 million this year. I mean, I understand that if you can avoid being over that and suffering those penalties, you will. And I think that has impacted a little bit because you're talking about uh, teams like the, the the Yankees and the Dodgers, uh, maybe the Red Sox too. Um, you know, teams the teams that are usually the big spenders are really watching that, crunching it now and not spending. But you know, there are plenty of teams. The the Cubs right now are thirty to thirty five million below that competitive tax threshold. So it hasn't tied their hands, and and they they're doing business as if their hands were tied, and and there are a lot of organizations that are um, like that. So I'm not sure. I would not anticipate, you know, like if I'm a 24-year-old guy on a going to camp with a major league team right now, I think you've got a pretty good chance to win yourself a job this spring training as opposed to thinking I'm going to get off to a good start and then on uh, March 15th they're going to bring in the guy that's going to take my job. I mean, that nobody knows what's going to happen. Um but I just think, um, you know, there are going to be it's, – it's, I don't see it getting a whole lot easier for unsigned players to find deals that they like. Well, one of the top guys at CAA Baseball today suggested, you know, maybe there will be a, a spring training boycott. You think that's possible? Um, it's possible. I mean, we, I think we're starting to see the labor thing swing around again. Um, I know Tony Clark, the head of the players' union, has got to be under tremendous pressure with unhappy players. If it's if this is a result of the uh, the collective bargaining agreement that was agreed upon in 2016, um, I'm not sure. Um, is Clayton Kershaw not going to go to spring training with the Dodgers? I mean, I guess it's possible. Um, but if that were to happen, it would this w- it would be the first aggressive action between players and owners um, since 1995. And you know there there were um, you know there have been a, a, some contentious points in uh, the labor relationship since then, uh, but nothing like if um, you know guys that are signed and under contract. It, it is interesting. Um, you know, historically, there were a lot of players that didn't come to camp until that first day that you had to come to camp, which was usually around March 1, and camps would open. But Nolan Ryan is a guy that that comes to my mind. He always wanted to go 
to the rodeo at the Astrium. The uh, Houston rodeo was always in late February, and Nolan would always come to camp after the rodeo, and nobody ever seemed to mind. And it really, you know, the, the early date was we would talk about it as the voluntary reporting date, and the mandatory date was a week or two later. And you know that seems to have gone away to where not only, I mean, the players. I don't know if it's this generation of players is used to getting to spring training in late January, early February. By the time camps open, they're cranked up and ready to go. Um, but, you know, there's a historical precedent for players, uh, you know, waiting and coming in later. And, yeah, I, it's conceivable that there could be players that, that don't show up ready to go at the first day of spring training in, in response to this. I, I, it is possible, and, and it does seem like MLB and the players, for whatever reason, with things seemingly going as well as they are, are kind of gearing up for a return to the uh, uh, ugliness of you know, labor in the 1970s, 80s, 90s. Well, it looks like at least 100 of them won't be showing up with the way the free agency has gone at this point. Uh, Phil, I don't remember a, a couple years back when this CBA was signed. Was, was there any rumblings about this is the direction that it could go? Or, or what, I mean, I thought it was, a, it was a time where the players were making more money. You get $100 million, $200 million contracts uh, left and right. Uh, the owners were making money. Was there any thought that we might be here? No, I don't I don't really think there was. Um you know, I thought, I did think that there would be more of an economic drive and question in that last uh, bargaining period because of the percentage of money going to players. I, you know, that was always for Donald Fear and, and uh, you know, the union in, the, in that era. It was always about the percentage of salaries. And at some time it was like the union was claiming that the, the percentage players should get should be as high as almost 60%, 58%. And, you know, I, I think it, I'm not sure what the current percentage is. I know during that bargaining, I, I thought it was closer to 40, but then by the time you put in um, benefit packages and all that, that, that round up, you know, a team payroll might be 175 million, but when you look at the number on the tax table, it's 190 million because you add in uh, player benefits and pension and all that, all of that stuff. Um, so maybe if you include all of that, last time around it was closer to 50. Uh, but what that negotiation was about was about the players' comfort. It was about four extra off days during the season. It was about the time between. Um, you know, day, um, day games after night games. It was about limiting those kind of things. It was about every clubhouse having to have a chef in the clubhouse. And it was kind of about taking, you know, taking care of slash coddling the players who were really made, uh, who were already there. It wasn't so much. And, and there was a, a big, the big negotiating point, if you remember, was the international draft, which the players – Histor- who the players who historically have never really worried about anybody but major league players stood up for young Dominicans and young Cubans, and they they made it impossible for Major League Baseball to get the international draft that they wanted, and that kind of became a concession where MLB was able to take that off the table and get back other things. 
but to me, from the player side, that negotiation wasn't much about the economics. And I don't know that you know I I don't know that the current system is broken. I I think it kind of works for both sides, but I I don't understand. Um, you know the the dynamic is the the thing. What has shifted is thirty teams in baseball look at building a team the way the Tampa Bay Rays did, the Kansas City Royals did, the Pittsburgh Pirates did. For every team in baseball, the draft is huge, and your base of players age 25 and under is huge. And it wasn't that long ago that teams like the New York Yankees or the Dodgers, you know, the, the draft was uh, was secondary. I mean, they almost they almost didn't care. It, it, it seemed like, and they, you know, their farm system they didn't sweat it if it was thin because they could go out and get free agent players. But the Dodgers hired Andrew Friedman, who had been running the Rays. Um, you know, the Yankees kind of with the same people in charge, kind of um, you know got religion on the spending front. And now I think all thirty teams run make decisions like I, I sometimes I, I say I'm pretty conservative in my looking at baseball and I, I I have just thrown out some I feel like the Milwaukee Brewers general manager but I think now there's now there are 30 GMs that act like they're the GM of the Brewers and it, it's smart business it always was uh, but you know and you don't have the crazy wacky owners who are um, you know pushing their GMs to do headline grabbing deals and uh you know the the face of ownership i mean baseball right now is run by goldman sachs bankers and it's not very much fun i mean i I, and the funny thing is the hot stove talk the tv shows and everything have been built up so much in the last five or ten years but it's just like i'm listening to a lot of music these days because the, the baseball stuff, I've heard it all winter. You know, the, the narrative hasn't moved. So, you know, I, I can't really find a lot new to talk about. And um, it's very frustrating to me. And I think it's bad for everybody in the sport and that follows the sport. MLB wants to improve pace of play. And you tweeted last night that a byproduct of that might be bullpen cars are going to make a return. Please tell me that's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know that that's going to happen, but it, it it has come up in the negotiations, and it is the players' union seeking that. And I really don't know why they're seeking that, but um, I I don't think it, you know. Maybe it would speed up the play, and maybe they're saying the players are saying there are things you could do other than saying the third baseman can't go to a mound and talk to the pitcher and and. Things, things that I think players are genuinely concerned is going to impact the the flow of their game and maybe their performance in games. Um, and so, you know, if it takes 15 seconds for a pitcher to get from the mound, from the bullpen to the mound, and you could do it in seven in a cart, I mean, I, I don't know. Um, I, I like somebody's pointed out that those carts will have advertising on them. Mm-hmm. So, Everybody wins, you know. Um, I thought those things were goofy. I'm old enough to remember them, and I always thought they were goofy. Um, I'm sure the lawyers, MLB lawyers, will uh, probably weigh in on that at some point. That you know, do you want club employees running over players in the carts or whatever? <laughs> so I, I don't know, but uh, a lot of people seem to think it'd be fun. 
Yeah. <laughs> and uh, former MLB, yeah, we, we've got a former MLB reliever here. Brad Thompson wants to drive the cart from the bullpen to the mound. I think that would be safer than me pitching in a game, Phil. Oh, uh, well, you know, um, uh, somebody's got to drive those That's carts. Right. And, it, it, you know, it, as big as bullpens have gotten with the number of relievers on each staff, you probably could have a guy that, you know, his role would be <laughs> bullpen card driver. Why, why not? Who? who one less bench player and, a, and an extra bullpen cart drive. Phil and, Rogers. And maybe, maybe if you get the chef from the clubhouse doing it, he can make an omelet on the way to the mound. <laughs> there They're there now, so use them. Yep. Phil Rogers, MLB Network, we always appreciate you taking some time. Hopefully we'll have some news to report here in the next couple of weeks, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Take care and have a great day. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks to our friends at Schnooks Markets for delivering some cookie cakes as we get ready for the Super Bowl. They've uh, sent over a few, one that says wild about the Eagles with a, an eagle on it. And another one with, just with, I don't know what it means. It's just got the number 12 X'd out. You don't know what it means, huh? I don't know. Uh, Why were you smiling and laughing as soon as he came in here and you saw it? Uh, because hmm. I'm a happy guy. Oh. I think it means uh, they don't want the Patriots to win their 12th Super Bowl, which is what it seems like is about okay. to happen. Good. Mm. Uh, delicious cookie cakes from Schnooks. Stop by and uh, pick one up for the big game this weekend. Or like six, because that's about how many they dropped off here. And, and they're that's all a delicious. Number. Yes, it is. All, all five fingers plus a thumb. Thumber. There yeah. you go. We have a busy weekend here on 101 ESPN. Tomorrow night, we've got Billiken basketball. They play Fordham. At 7 o'clock, and that game is over at Chaffetz Arena. Good tickets are available. Fordham here in St. Louis at SLU tomorrow night at 7 and 645 here on 101 ESPN. The Blues also in action tomorrow night at 6 as they visit Buffalo. And then Sunday, a 1 o'clock pregame for the Super Bowl, Philadelphia, and New England going at it in Minneapolis. And, oh, by the way, Kentucky will visit Mizzou Arena tomorrow at 1 it's a pretty big deal. Like yeah. it's a big game. Yeah, it'll be fun. I, uh, hopefully, uh, oh Zou. Hopefully, Mizzou is going to be able to uh, take a little of that momentum that they got over in Tuscaloosa, winning that game mm-hmm. into this one, uh, because Conzo uh, Martin is still trying to build up. You know, just uh, not franchise changing, but program changing wins. Like that one in Tuscaloosa was one of them. This could be one at home. I guess we'll find out, right? This yeah. is a team yeah, that early in the season looks like even without MPJ might be able to get into a mm-hmm. tournament. And what they lost five of six games prior to the Alabama game, mm-hmm. so hopefully it kind of gets them back on the right path because they're they're good enough, and I think that if they do get into the dance, they could probably make life difficult for a lot of teams. I would say. Dateline: St. Clair County, Illinois, a suit filed by Andrew D'Angelo. This, according to the Belleville News Democrat, alleges that. He was drinking at a bar in St. Louis back in 2014 when he had a verbal confrontation with a group of men, including Carlos Martinez and the late Oscar Tavares. D'Angelo alleges that he went to a strict club in Illinois, formerly, there you go, formerly the Penthouse Club, now the uh, Diamond Cabaret. Nothing good happens over there. No, not really. And eventually, according to the lawsuit, Carlos and his group showed up at the same strict club and D'Angelo went out to get some food in the parking lot. This is on the 4th of July, so he's getting some barbecue or something. And according to the lawsuit, they jumped D'Angelo, knocking him to the ground and beating him. And uh, there is an allegation also that uh, he was robbed. So, what? Uh, so yeah. let, me, let me get this straight. He's saying that a couple of uh, Major League Baseball players mm-hmm. 
jumped him and robbed him in the parking lot in full view of everybody else. Yes. Seems like a great idea. Uh, and uh, hmm. I, I find some holes in this story already. I wasn't there. I, I mean, don't know. I guess. Apparently broke his back. Anything mm-hmm. is possible. I but, guess. Uh, of, of the all the people in the world that you would figure would rob somebody else, first of all, jump them and rob them in front of other people. Wouldn't you say Major League Baseball player is at the bottom of the list? Yeah. yeah, it's very, very close, especially here. Like, come on, everybody knows who Carlos. Even even a couple of years ago, you knew who Carlos Martinez yeah. was. Uh, I don't. Uh, I, I mean, I, look, I, I wasn't there. I don't know. I do know this. This isn't the yeah, kind of news. That's not you good. weren't at the penthouse club. Not on the in 2014, man. <laughs> that, was a, that was way out of my heyday. Uh, I, I will say this: this is not the type of news. Whether it, this is fake news, real news, this is not the news. The St. Louis Cardinals want no. coming out with spring training right around the corner, and Carlos Martinez being the closest thing to a sure thing they have mm-hmm. on their staff. That's not news you want coming out. Well, this is I think perfect timing because there's not going to be spring training because everyone's going to boycott it. There you go. That's so. that report out today an agent saying that that might very well happen a fight is brewing over the mlb free agent market and agents are unhappy because that's their money and uh so a spring training boycott might be on the horizon if teams don't begin signing players soon according to agent brody van wagenen of caa Mm, i don't see that happening I wouldn't do it if I was a player. A spring training boycott's not going to happen. I think if there is time to make a stand, it's the next CBA. When, when you don't get what you want, yeah. not right now. You signed this. Like, you did this. So uh, why, why do it now? Why not show up to spring training? Next time, if you don't get what you want, then make your stand. And it looks like the, the Major League Baseball's union does a very good job of keeping the war chest stocked. Like, they have plenty of money mm-hmm. to keep their guys uh, gainfully employed. Maybe not $100 million every a couple of years, but they have enough money to keep their guys on their feet, and I think they're strong enough to go through a work stoppage again, but you better be sure you're ready for it, and you better get what you want instead of being happy that everything looks good and not figuring out what could happen down the road, because that's exactly where they find themselves. And I think the players will if it comes down to it and things don't change over the next few years. I don't think they're afraid to strike, because um, they are getting much less of the pie than they were getting five to six years ago, and I don't think that can continue for very long. Much less of the cookie cake today. Or the cookie cake in yeah. this case. But everybody likes uh, like a, a good old piece of the pie, too. Oh, yeah, they no do. doubt. Yeah, no doubt. It's the best kind. And uh, speaking of baseball, we want to hear from you. Jen Langosh has a piece up at cardinals.com suggesting that Alex Reyes could return to the Cardinals as perhaps a closer or a late-inning guy out of the bullpen as he returns on May 1st. How would you like to see Alex Reyes utilized by the Cardinals? You can leave us a voice drop via the 101 Sports app, or you can call 314-656-6101. When we get to June, July, August, how would you like to see the Cardinals utilizing the great arm of Alex Reyes? Mm. So we'll talk about that. This will be fascinating to see how they actually handle it. Coming up next in the Fast Lane, after those, your hot topics of the day, Tom is back for a chance in the 4 o'clock Fight Hall of Fame. It's coming your way next on 101 ESPN.